Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zwei Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. I'm excited to be with you today, as I always am. I guess every podcast I'm excited to be on, so... It's just kind of my thing, right? People come up to me and say, are you excited today? And I'm like, you know, I am. So why even ask? But no, I'm excited to do this particular episode because I am joined by Lauren Genest and Carrie Below. Did I pronounce that right? Bellog. It rhymes with Kellogg. Bellog. Okay. Rhymes with Right. Exactly. Okay. And she'll forgive yeah. me since we're both from Jersey, but it's all it's all good. Uh, but no, Lauren and Carrie actually, you know, it's it's strange how sometimes you get emails out of the blue from people that you have no idea who they are and you're like, what? You want to do what? And you want to have who on this podcast to talk about what? And I'm always open to hearing what people, what ideas people have, right? And the thing that I really appreciated about Lauren and Carrie is that, you know, they had done their homework. They knew what the Zweigletter podcast was all about. We've been around for a long time. I'm actually one of the, the longest running design industry facing podcast. And I'm certainly proud of that 235 plus episodes. So that's, there's something to be said for that. But the bottom line is I really appreciated their approach. And I said, wow, let me check these guys out a little closer, see what they're talking about. And, you know, I was trying to think back and figure out who was the original person that you guys introduced to me. But we can talk about that in a second. Without further ado, Lauren, Janess, Carrie, Bellug, Welcome to the podcast. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you, Randy. Absolutely. So remind me, who was that? Who was that original person? Do you remember? So I think that, yeah, it was Mancini was Duffy. It? I think that was the first time. Yeah. So we've gone way, way back. We've done a few. Full Stack Modular, Mancini yeah. Duffy. You had me yes. do another one not too long. I think the first one you did with us was with Bola. Right, right, right. Yeah, because I've done a few, I've done a couple with with those guys. Yeah, yeah, we've done. And, and then we did the the building there in Times Square. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I remember now. Good, good, perfect. 
So, yeah, and that's the challenge, you know, when you're doing so many different podcasts, you're like constantly trying to remember all the different episodes that you've done. (laughs) I've got 1,500 under my belt now. And so I have totally lost track at times. And I'm always apologizing to people in advance, but that's neither here nor there. So, well, let's talk because, I mean, again, you know, we, I think it's good to talk shop. And and I certainly want to introduce who Brand Groupies is to our audience at the Zweig Letter podcast. And of course, you know, the, the Zweig Letter has been around for more than 30 plus years, actually 30 as of now, it's 31. I guess it started in 92. Mark started the Zweig Letter. And now it's 2023. So yeah, that I don't do public math, but that's 31 years. And then Zweig has been around for 35 years, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, wow. Mark, you know, a la Steve Jobs and some of these other tech startups, he started it in his garage. Technically, he started it in the back of his house in like a little porch there because in New England, a lot of homes have back porches. And so he started Zweig Group in a back porch and then quickly moved it to an office space. And and it took off from there. And, and I joined not terribly long after that. But it's just amazing when you talk about how long a brand and how long something has, has survived, right? And it's it certainly, you see it all the time. And you guys, more than anyone, knows how quickly a brand can spoil. And it, it's mm-hmm. constantly, it's, so it's always important to be, to be measuring the message that you're putting out there and making sure that it's resonating with the widest audience possible. Not just the people that you want to do business with, but also the people that you want to tell other people that they should be doing business with you. So, I mean, and I'll get off my soapbox there, but but you know what I'm talking about. And I, I just think it's it's important to have these conversations. And as we, as we said, before we actually started recording, we talked about one of the challenges that design firms face, which is simply that they are very, very good at what they do at designing, as I like to say, the built environment. Everything we see is because of a design professional. When you think about it, the roads that we travel on, the elevators that we go up and down, the buildings that we admire, I mean, the water that we drink, everything that we do, a design professional, whether it's an engineer or an architect, has their, his or her hand on that. And and that's that's important. But sometimes they it, it is so important that they sometimes forget to stop and smell the roses and and acknowledge the things that they're able to accomplish with you know with relative ease when you think about it and sometimes a challenge but I'm I always love talking about design professionals because they don't talk about themselves enough and I think you have found a perfect niche in that space with brand groupies and what you guys are doing with social media with public relations with personal branding and this whole coined term, which I love when people coin a term, but so pro. And so I want you guys to talk. We're going to talk a little bit about that today on this episode, because I think anybody listening to this needs to understand that if you are not happy with the way that you're branding, not only yourself as a design professional, but more importantly, you're branding your organization. This is the episode that you really need to listen to, because these ladies are experts at what they do. And I think they have some really, really good advice. So Lauren, I don't want you or Carrie to fight about this, but one of you choose (laughs) to share the superhero origin story. You guys each give a quick superhero origin story Uh, of yourselves. And then I want to get the superhero origin story of brand groupies because I think it's actually kind of interesting. Okay. The super origin story. 
So I founded Brand Groupies in 2015 after many years in fashion PR. I lived in New York City and Milan for three years, worked with global fashion brands like Gucci, Hublot as a PR director. And so, you know, that was my career. Then I moved to New Jersey and realized that I was so passionate about building brands and wanted to do that. And Brand Groupies started and our one of our first clients in the AEC industry over almost eight years ago was Mancini Duffy. And, you know, long story short, it just clicked, you know, the fashion background applied to the AEC industry was like, wow, this concept really, you know, is helping our clients stand out. So, and I'm a groupie at heart, love music, <laughs> and I just get so passionate. I would be so passionate about clients and I think even more passionate than they were about right, their own right. brands. So I wanted to do everything to, you know, really elevate their profiles and brag about them because they were deserving of being bragged Absolutely. about. <laughs> yeah. And I actually ended up follow, following in Carrie's footsteps in fashion PR. I was friends with her sister okay. in college and ended up in New York City working with major global brands as well for almost 20 years of my career, learning from them, learning the do's and don'ts and why it's important to pay attention to detail and how to tell a story. and. When I was looking to kind of move away from the fashion industry, Carrie and I put our heads together and we said, let's start a PR division. That was right before the pandemic hit. It was actually, we signed our first That's called PR perfect timing. March 1st, <laughs> 2020, yes. it was. And that was with Mancini Duffy. And we're so fortunate to grow and really define our niche and our services during the last several years. And today we're all in on the AEC industry and we have four different services. So we do social media, public relations, personal branding, and podcast management. And we've really put our heads together to figure out how we can make these more traditional brands and these traditional industries sexy, really bringing the stories and the faces and the personalities behind the brand to life to amplify them both through strategic PR outreach and really interesting, creative, high-level social media content. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that it's so funny how sometimes things just kind of come together, right? And you were able to take mm. a lot of what you learned in, you know, let's face it, the fashion industry is actually quite a cutthroat environment, to be honest with you. And, and, and I'm not saying that just... <laughs> we could get a book. Our backup plan is... <laughs> right, right. And, and I'm not saying that just because I've seen The Devil Wears Prada a million times, but I have friends that work in the fashion industry. And the stories they tell me, I'm like, wow, I had no idea it's that hardcore. And so, so yeah, so I was just like, man, I, I have to keep a, keep a distance because I want to keep my sanity and my religion and all that other stuff. So, you know, but, but no, seriously, though, I mean, it's so you cut your teeth in a very, a very challenging environment. So I would imagine that coming over to the design industry space, what was your first aha moment about this? I mean, you said you you brought on or you started working with Mancini Duffy, but what was your first real understanding about this space and about design professionals as a whole? I think when I, you know, I think when we signed with them, I was at first a little intimidated. I had never worked in the architecture industry and, but I definitely had always had high standards and high design, you know, design aesthetic, like you know, coming from fashion. And so, you know, when I started, I did, started to do my due diligence and research the top firms in the U.S., top design firms, and looking at their social media. And I remember looking and saying, oh my gosh, I could really help this out. I could do this. And my, I looked at my husband, he, he's like, yeah, I mean, you 
you know, propose it, do the social media. So I did. And I just realized what initiatives we were taking and Instagram takeovers and telling the stories of the company culture and just putting those faces out there, just like we did with fashion mm-hmm. designers to promote their brands and their lifestyle and the storytelling and, you know, sparking that emotion, you know, really started to move the needle. And so we realized quite quickly, wow, just jumping all in that they're really, they needed to kind of yeah, level up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that goes without saying, I think any time... It's, you know, I remember the joke for the longest time when I would do principal, the principal's academy, which is a a higher level training, a couple of days training program that that Zwei Group offers. And we would constantly talk about the social media aspect of it and why. And at that time it was still new, but we would joke that, you know, somebody would go on Twitter and post something about taking Twitter by storm. And that would have been like, like in 2012. And then there wasn't another post until 2015. And so, and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it's not fine, but it's, I get it. These folks are really busy. And because it's not their, their first language, then it's not easy for them to tell their stories that way. I can tell, I mean, a design professional can tell their stories through drawing. They can tell their stories through different experiences that they've had with their clients over the years. But when it comes to kind of telling the story of how they do what they do on a daily basis, why they do it, how they serve the client. Sometimes they struggle in in telling those stories. And to me, that gets to the why of, you know, why an organization exists, right? When you start talking about mission, vision, values, when you start talking about what makes a firm tick, well, it's beyond just being able to relate to a potential client or a current client, you know, why you're the best fill-in-the-blank design professional. You've got to be able to tell a compelling story. And the thing that I've seen and the stories that I've heard over the years when, you know, I would talk to Mark Zweig or Chad Kleinens or any number of Zweig group alumni, they would talk about the most impactful people that they've met in this industry were all able to tell a story. Full stop. Nothing. I mean, that was that was it. They were just good at telling stories. So so like think pre-social media, you had design professional leaders, some that are dead now, that were amazing storytellers and they would captivate an audience, whether it was when they were going out to seek business or work or whether they were, you know, getting over an issue with a client that dealing with scope creep. I mean, you name it, they, because they had the ability to tell a story and to relate to that client in, in a human way that way, it just made a tremendous difference. And you guys are doing that now and helping design firms to, to better understand themselves. And then in that understanding of themselves, be able to relate that, what that experience is like being a design professional in this day and age. <laughs> so. You're speaking our language. <laughs> yeah. Storytelling. It's all about the stories and really bringing these brands to life through their stories and through their people. We always say right. people do sure. business with people, not with companies. And whether you're trying to attract new talent or you're trying to attract a new partner for a new business, the stories that you convey, you almost want to be, we always say you want to be known before you even walk in the room. You want them to be aware of your story. They've already, you know, very quickly been able to find out about you. And then I think once you nail the messaging for that story, it's yeah. being really consistent with it, having your team, everyone that's, you know, walking out on behalf of your company, they're all saying the same things over and over again about your company and then being redundant about it too, because it takes many times and many touch points with a brand sometimes for people to pick up yeah. the phone and say, I want to do business with you. 
And so, you know, being laser focused on, you know, who you are and, and why and, and what is what we found really starts to move the needle. And it's a momentum game. It's, you know, day over day, month over month, year over year. You're being really consistent and then shifting as your business evolves, as all businesses do. Yeah. Again, it, it doesn't get old, right? Because there's always something new to say or to share. And I think about, I mean, if you, even if you look at, I've been a big follower and a big fan of Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey, right? And you think about, you know, and so Joseph Campbell, for those that are listening, he wrote, he, he talked about mythology a lot. He talked about storytelling and the power of storytelling. A lot of people, well, not a lot of people say, George Lucas said that his inspiration for Star Wars came from the hero's journey and, and reading Joseph Campbell's work. And so anyone that has ever struggled with storytelling or even understanding the basic act of storytelling needs to read Joseph Campbell's A Hero's Journey because that will help them to really have a, a better understanding of how to create and put together a story that has a beginning, has a middle, and has a, a clear end. And in doing that, you guys do that on a regular basis by telling the story of projects like like the project that we did on Times Square and we kind of brought in multiple principles from different firms that were all telling the same story but from different angles. And I think that's important because when you think of it, a lot of design firms are very competitive with each other. But when you can bring them all in a room and really have them speak their language and in speaking that language do it through the lens of storytelling, it becomes actually quite compelling. Yeah, it does. And and TSX Broadway is a really special project of our clients. So we, we worked with you on, Randy, for that podcast episode. But I'd say when we look at brands and companies, it's the same way that we look at, you know, how can you have a few faces of this company? Who are going to be the faces? Who's going to be the public persona? And then what can they speak to that's different from, you know, maybe there's five co-owners or your three co-owners and how do you kind of pulse out their stories in a different way to convey different aspects of your services, of what makes you and your company culture unique? Right. And I think that is totally came through on that particular episode in listening to each one of those individuals. And they all had distinct experiences on that project. And we'll certainly put a link to that project and actually all of the brand groupie episodes that we've done. We didn't call them brand groupie episodes, <laughs> but, but brand groupies helped us to bring those particular episodes to our audience at this White Letter podcast. And we are certainly thankful for that. So what are you guys, I mean, what are you thinking? It's 2023. We are just coming out of this pandemic. What does storytelling look like right now at this moment for design firms? What should they be thinking about when it comes to social media, when it comes to PR and even podcasting? I mean, you, you guys yeah. are speaking my language with yeah. podcasting because I still can't get people to get over that hill, right? It's like, I don't listen to podcasts. So it's like, just because you don't listen to podcasts doesn't mean other people don't listen to podcasts. Newsflash. Yeah. So yes. I'm curious to know what you guys are thinking or excited about as we move forward. Well, I think we're excited about our SOPR approach because when people say marketing, social, advertising, there are so many different initiatives. How do you best invest in today's world? And we've found that social and PR overlap. And if they're streamlined, if you really strategically day after day continue with that strategy, we've found that, you know, it's really 
telling the story in an organic way, getting earned media, you know, being on podcasts, sharing. Even if you're on a podcast, you know, we share those clips out on social. They're evergreen. They're timeless. The content is just forever and we can control the messaging. So it's just continuously, you know, getting out those message points that you can control. And the perception is, wow, they're everywhere. Like it's just, it's all about consistency. And when, you know, Lauren gets um, the PR and the press, we take that, we spread it out on social. We interact with hosts and journalists on social to then pitch. It's like a, I wish we could do a graph (laughs) (laughs) of, you know, the arrows of how it's just a momentum game. Lauren will get our clients on panels. Then they'll be asked to be on a podcast. Someone will hear the podcast. They'll be asked to do a keynote. And the momentum just builds and builds. And just the trajectory for our clients is just limitless. Well, and, you know, that's called the long game. That's not because, I mean, a lot of times what I have found in dealing with design professionals in the past, and again, but this, you see this in every vertical, every industry, people are looking for the quick fix. How can I overcome? You can't. And it's, it's, it's like, you have to play the long game. So like, whenever I see like, whatever Christian is doing, he's playing the long game. You know, Mancini Duffy is playing the long game. And so, and you brought up a good point about how you, I actually saw you with the full stack modular. It was like several months later, you guys ripped off uh, like a a 60 second reel that you shared out. And I was like, oh man, I, I was glad they shared it out. And I had to remind myself when I did that podcast episode, but it was so long ago, but it was like, but everything that he was saying in that segment, that snippet was so relevant. And that's the other thing too, is that if you really focus on the conversation that you're having and you interview people properly, you can create what I call ultimate evergreen content. And that you used that word earlier and evergreen content for, for the uninitiated that are just listening to this. We're not talking about a tree. We're just talking about something that is constantly relevant. It'll be relevant today. I think there'll be a lot of sections of this conversation that we're having right now that'll be relevant five years from now. You can play it back. And it was one one of the things that I had said to Chad Kleinens and Mark Zweig when we originally talked about doing this podcast. And I was like, guys, let me spend some time doing this. Let me have this. And thankfully, I've still been doing this for almost seven years now. But it's like, you know, I said, this will just be a steady beat, a steady drum. It's just over and over and over again. You never know who's listening. I know for a fact that plenty of business from this podcast, and if nothing else, it just continues to affirm the platform that Zweig has within the industry because people say, yeah, these guys have had a newsletter for 32 years. They've had a podcast for seven years. It's like the list goes on and on. They clearly know what the heck they're talking about. And every design firm should take note of that. Because it's it's a good way to do it. And here's another thing that I, I will put out there, and, and you guys let me know what you think about this, is I've worked with design firms just to help them transfer knowledge within their organization, right? So yeah, they want to share their stories with the world, but sometimes there's a lot of stories that need to be told within an organization that never get told, or only the top people in the C-suite know about it, but Freddie or... Teresa down uh, on the first floor have no idea or don't know any relevancy to that have to that story, and therefore it doesn't resonate with them. The mission may not resonate with them as much about the organization they're in. Yes, they're getting paid on a regular basis, but 
There's so much more to it. That's the power of storytelling and how it can actually grow your organization from the inside. It can actually build culture. You can build it as you share that information. You're right, Chris. I'm sorry. I think we're thinking the same thing. Like even Christian's guests on the Anti-Architect have told us they tell potential clients and staff, just listen to my episode on the Anti-Architect. They tell you the whole- as like a resume. Yeah. Instead of, you know, saying, I'll send you like my, a link to my website. They just send them a link just to listen. listen to their episode of the Anti-Architect. And they say, that's everything you right. need to know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you want to work with me, yeah. you want to know about my company. Yeah. I mean- It's really funny. And I think, you know, I was just going to say like back in the day, like I was just thinking at the beginning of my career, it was only print media, right? There was no digital, there were no podcasts, there was no instant gratification. I remember we would sign a client- And they had to wait four to six months until they would see their first placement. If they were lucky, if that means like if somebody said yes in month number one of working together, that's when they would see their first. And today we live in such a instant gratification, you know, day and age. And so I think in some ways, you know, PR, it's really lovely that it's evolved into having, you know, digital media outlets and even podcasts. You know, we've built so many relationships in the industry to really be able to tell people's stories this way. And we tend to work with visionaries leaders who are thinking about the industry differently. I think if they're open-minded to, you know, PR and social, it means they're already probably doing things a little differently within their firm because it's not an automatic line item we Mm -hmm. found within this industry. It was interesting because with the industry we came from, everybody had a PR firm and it was just a matter of were they going to hire me or Carrie or you, Randy? (laughs) It wasn't, you know, it was like, it wasn't an if. And yeah, so we found that, you know, the people that we work with really are kind of already disrupting the norm already. And so it's really been fun to kind of peel back the layers of, of their onion and get to know them better and, and have the, you know, the audiences get to know them better as well. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, again, that is you're totally speaking my language because you are forcing people that typically are very uncomfortable in this space about just helping them to get more comfortable. Right. You know, they love just rolling up their sleeves and, and working for, you know, 80 hour weeks on a on a big project because they have to get it out the door. And again, there's nothing wrong with that because that is the very nature of what they do. But they also need to recognize that spending time in these areas or uh, these channels within their organization will help them to grow. And sometimes it's doing this that creates a lift that is not directly proportional to the amount of time and effort that's put in, right? I mean, Christian doesn't have to kill himself to do a podcast episode. And I'm using Christian as an, as an example with his anti-architect podcast. But once he creates those and he puts them out there, people consume them. You just don't know how people will connect with him. And so I'm, I'm sure there's been a lot of uh, serendipitous moments that have happened because of his willingness to do that. And I know that he's busy. He's got other things to do, but it's one of those things where it's like, I have to build time into my schedule to do this because I know that the payoff would be, is tremendous. And it's not necessarily always about money. Uh, Reputation is as valuable as money as anything else in this industry. Yeah. And visibility, increasing your visibility. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's such a small commitment of time for the ROI. You know, yes. to see that you see the value yeah. and everywhere he goes and people within his firm, they're always buzzing about his latest <laughs> guests and why he's yeah, anti-architect. Right. <laughs> it's such a good talking, you know, it such a good talking point. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, for a small investment of time for a lot of ROI, it's, it's a great it is. addition yeah. to your marketing plan. Yeah. And people might not listen to the whole episode, but then they'll see the snippet on social so that 
you know, the views on social add up. And then when the, you know, guest shares it, I mean, it gets into the thousands of views and, and listens. So it really... And I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times I've actually heard people say, well, well, you know, I don't want to spend 30 or 45 minutes doing a podcast. You know, you have to understand that everybody consumes information differently. Now, yes, I will listen to a Joe Rogan-esque podcast and for two or three hours. I mean, I always joke that like my favorite of, because I don't always listen to Joe Rogan, but my favorite one of his was the Edward Snowden one. That one's like three hours and five minutes. And I've listened to that twice. I mean, it's just a simply an astounding podcast and for more reasons than one. But the bottom line is that even just listening to 60 seconds can make a tremendous difference. And it can be the reason why somebody will have greater name recall, that somebody will will have a, a recollection of something that some organization or some individual was talking about because they heard that that's also the power when people think about TikTok. And, and, you know, I look at my kids sometimes and I'm just like, but I'm amazed at how powerful that medium is. And we're talking about bite-sized pieces of information, bite-sized pieces of content that just that have the ability to, they almost become like earwigs or they just attach to you and you can't get rid of them. And so in that same way, design professionals do have an opportunity, if done right, to create material, to create information, to tell stories, to share some of their exploits in a way that will reach a really broad audience and will be contextualized for different people that they would come in contact with. And I'm thinking specifically of like, you know, some of the local municipalities or local stakeholders that design firms serve. I'm thinking about those young people coming out of school that are looking for jobs and lo and behold, they want to move to a certain city. And in that certain city, there's only one architectural firm that has a podcast and they happen to listen to that podcast. And because they listen to that podcast and there's a call to action for, you know, an open position that they decide to apply. Well, why does that happen? It's because somebody has kind of stepped out and said, you know what, I'm going to tell these stories, even if I'm not a hundred percent certain who's listening. Cause I know for me, and you guys probably hear this too, and now I'm getting on my soapbox, but Whenever I've talked to design firm leaders about doing a podcast, they're like, yeah, well, how many people are listening? And I'm like, listen, don't worry about the number of people listening. You're not going to have, you know, I I try to give people perspective, but I'm going to repeat it again because I don't know that I've necessarily repeated it in this audience, but, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a podcast statistics person and I know a little bit about the history, but the top 1% of 1% of all podcasts get average 36,000 downloads a month, the top 1% of 1%. Okay. That's it. So, you know, and I tell people all the time, well, you know, I want to know that I'm reaching or penetrating certain amount. I'm like, you're not going to penetrate that. But if I told you that you could get 500 people to come to a, a room and sit down and hear you talk, would you sit down and talk with them? Absolutely. Same idea here. It's like, don't get caught up in the numbers Get caught up on you being able to tell a good story and the message that you're conveying and putting out there. And I know that's something that you guys work on tremendously, but people get too caught up in in the, the data and the analytics at that level. And I'm telling you, it doesn't cut the same way because none of them are going to be, Christian's never going to be no, Gary Vee, no. right? I mean, Gary Vee will literally flip on his Instagram and he's got 3000 people 
live right then and there. I mean, when you think of what people like Gary Vee and others are able to do in certain social media spaces, they have more power than local television does. And that's the conversation that I have here in Northwest Arkansas. That's why I decided to do a hyper-local podcast here called I Am Northwest Arkansas, because it was like, you know, I, I have my own, now I have my own platform. Four years later, it's like people come to me. It's like they act like I'm an additional news source, you know, of information and all that. And so, but but I I say all that to say that you can't despise those small beginnings. You've got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, maybe willing to suspend your thought process of, well, just because you don't listen to it doesn't mean other people aren't. And I'm sure you get that from time to time from people and you have to kind of hold their hand and walk them through the forest, if you will, so they can have an understanding. I think it's about being micro influencers. Yeah. Right? And, you know, having like you said, that example of having 200 people in a room or 500 people in a room. And then imagine all the views when you post it out on social, yeah. on LinkedIn, and you add up Instagram views. And there's so, so many touch points. And it just takes one yeah. person to hear it and listen and call exactly. and say, let's do business. This happened yes. to us a few weeks ago, actually. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we say it all the time for our clients. But, I mean, it, right? Yeah, someone heard us on a podcast and we got a call for a new business from meeting. an architect. Who yeah. Said, hey, I loved your story. You're doing your things philosophy. really differently. Your yeah, mission. exactly. Let's talk. Um, and there's so many benefits. Like you mentioned, talent acquisition is huge. We do videos from uh, Mancini called the Mancini Minute. And everyone mentions that they loved the social media. They loved the company culture. They could feel it through <laughs> through social and they wanted to work there. They listened to the podcast. And so, you know, that's huge. The other thing is if you do it right, you share the creative and assets with the guest so that they'll share it to not only their company page, but to their personal pages. And then you're checking off an, <laughs> more people who are seeing, I mean, it's just endless. So if you if you really do it right, you know, the benefits are just incredible for that 45 minutes to an hour that the the client invests. And the exposure to the new audiences and you tag the host and you tag the Zweig Letter podcast. Yes. And all of a sudden, your brand is being viewed by all these new yeah. audiences. And even the credibility, I think the architect that called to say, hey, I'd love to learn more. She said, oh, you're on so-and-so's podcast. I've been following him for years. I love his guests. As soon as I saw him put you guys on, I listened to it. And we didn't even really have to introduce ourselves. Like it was like our calling yes. card. She already knew our story. And that's, and that's what our clients. And that's, we, you know, it's a perfect <laughs> it's example because that's what ourselves. we do for our clients. And the proof is in the pudding. It, yeah. it attracts new business partners. Because third party, you know, people are talking about you yeah. and you don't have, they're bragging for you and they're, you know, credible and trustworthy. So it is. I mean, you got me thinking about it. And, and again, like I said, even with all this said, there's always going to be some people that are going to struggle with it because, again, the very nature of how design, a lot of design professionals are wired. I'm not saying they're all like that because certainly Christian is totally different. And he is just one example of that. But what I'm finding is that as we find younger people are coming into the industry, and again, you made, you made the point earlier Talent acquisition is the number one issue in this industry. They're not printing enough architects out of school. They're not printing enough design engineers out of school. It's just so firms need to use every resource and tool in the book to be able to find and attract talent. And then on the other side of it, to keep talent, right? Why should I stay here? I didn't know that story about George. I didn't know that story about Susan. Now that I know that story, I think I'm going to definitely, I'm going to be all in now. And again, it's like, ah, well, 
sometimes you might say, well, why does it take something like that? Because again, stories matter and they move people to do things that they wouldn't normally do until they're presented with that information. Yeah. And anyone applying, you know, they could listen to the CFO on a podcast, the CEO, the president, like multiple media outlets and podcasts to hear their story before they before decide they to work there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's huge. It really is. So what other latest PR trends are you guys seeing? I know you guys have a podcast called the Brand Groupies Podcast. What are the, the latest trends that you guys are sharing out about uh, the, the design industry, the AEC space? You know, I think this fall, we've been keeping our clients busy on different panels and keynotes. And when I came on board in 2020, that wasn't a huge part of the PR program. And I think as we've shaped their per- public personas, and we've really positioned them as leaders within the industry, these types of opportunities have come. So, you know, going back to the momentum game, I think, you know, when we start with a brand, if they've been silent for a few years, you start, you, you lay the building blocks and then new opportunities really unfold. And it's year over year, you're able to level up. So I think, you know, I would say in the AEC industry for us, it's just continuing to kind of identify those visionaries and help them amplify what sets them apart and why they are different, why they're special, what they're, we call them their wow factors. Yeah. And video too is, you know, continues to stay at the forefront, you know, and instead of doing like a staff spotlight and just a photo, you know, we do full on videos and interview the staff so people can really understand their story. And again, it has to spark emotion. It has to entertain, add value, educate. Who cares? You know, it's got (laughs) to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And again, that's, and those are all the things that I mean, I see value in, especially with video because video is multi-purpose. I've actually started to try to do more video myself because I can always strip the audio out and use for a podcast. And I mean, I am a podcast purist in, in the sense that I'm audio first, but I see the value and the benefit of video because video is just such a powerful medium. And especially like YouTube shorts is, you know, as soon as YouTube shorts came on the scene, you know, it it started to give TikTok a run for its money. And and I have found a, a lot of value in tagging and keywording things properly through YouTube shorts. It gives you, uh, you have a long tail effect when it comes to people being able to connect with you and find out about you when you are branding your material on multiple platforms like that, including like YouTube shorts, obviously YouTube, and then, you know, everywhere else that you can do that. And also we'll batch content, like we'll do a filming day and get, you know, 20 to 30 short snippets that we can spread out over three to six months. So, you know, you're really only taking an hour's worth of time. You're all, you know, we organize everything. So our client just needs to show up, answer the questions, and then we're done versus feeling like overwhelming every day. I have to get video. I have to follow them around. Like it's just not going to happen. So, you know, we're really organized and strategic in that. About um, how we use our clients. Respect. Yes. Because they're so busy. Like, and and again, that's why we have combined 45 years experience. Like you're, you know, they trust us to just go because we know that they have to do their work. They don't have time to, you know. They almost treat us like they're (laughs) in-house. Right. You know, they don't have to, you know, pay for office space. But (laughs) it is like we're that invested in each of our brands. We work with, you know, a select group of brands and people and and we like to really work with them in a deep way. So we found that we grow with our services over the years as we get to know them better and and the firms grow and expand themselves. 
Well, yeah, I love that. And and yeah, I, I mean, I batch produce everything. I don't because otherwise you, it, you could go crazy. And that's what I have introduced to some of the clients that I've worked with in this space where I would go sit with them. You know, I've, I have actually flown to clients to do podcast recordings and we would just get it all done in a day, day and a half, and it would be done. And we would they would bring different principles in. Like the last time one of the clients I worked with, they had me come in and coincide with their annual retreat. So I came in, I set up a space, I recorded, I had all my stuff together. And then they just, you know, the marketing manager, the, the marketing director orchestrated the schedule. And then I just had different people come into a room and we just knocked them out one at a time. And I think I had like 12 episodes done in a day and a half. Oh, and, um, yeah, amazing. That's, that's, that's the way you do it. So, yeah, that's, yeah, like that's, the way you work, Randy. Yeah, yeah. that's the way you do it. So, but, uh, so, so, yeah. But I mean, again, it's important that I wanted to reiterate that because what you said is true. And it also gives people that hear this the understanding that it's not as hard as you think it is if you plan it properly. And if you partner with the right people too, I think yeah. you know, I think it can be really complex and cumbersome. It's a, it could be a heavy lift or it could be a light lift depending on who you're, who you're doing it with, right? Yeah. So have you found that when having, when interviewing, I mean, sometimes you got to pull things out of people. How do you deal with that? Because that is a real challenge, right? Some people that are just less vocal than others or less of a, you know, they're very, very short with their answers. They don't give you a lot of color, a lot of commentary that you're looking for. And then you got some people that are out of the box, just yeah. like, yes, they're like Chuck <laughs> Barris. They're all out there, you know? And, know, and so, I know. but um, I don't know why I brought up Chuck Barris. That's like, he's like from the gong show. But anyway, it's, yes, it's, it's, it's yeah. But I mean, but you know what I'm saying though, for some people, yeah, it's absolutely. like, man, I'm, I'm, it's like pulling teeth. It's like, how do I get yeah. this information out of them? There is an art to interviewing people. There mm. is. I mean, we we definitely prepare questions in advance and share them. So say, you know, we always say we do 30 questions, they answer 20, at least we have them. But I think, you know, even before we put them out there and we identify them as a face, they have to either have media training or they have to be, you know, ready and prepared. And it might take a few sessions to do media training and things like that, but we really help craft their messaging so it's really succinct and the more that they say it right it and just, it's just practice it right you just organic get, I mean, you're such a pro you've done what 1500 episodes yes. you know the more you do <laughs> yeah more it's a muscle yeah so it's a bit trial by fire at the right at yes. the beginning and, yeah. and then you know we always suggest maybe you do your first episode by interviewing you know your partners or you do a round table with people in your company to get comfortable or and then you build from there maybe you invite yeah. your favorite you know your favorite client on a, a good friend you know who is also a friend and and you start in, in a comfort zone and then you build. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it works. That definitely works um, well. And certainly I encourage people to just get out there and do it because it's never going to be perfect. And it'll be interesting to see as we move forward, especially this Gen Z generation that's kind of been used to being behind a camera of some sorts, how they you know will matriculate through something like this where they're like the next person up and and all of a sudden are they do they come to life like they do when they do their TikTok videos or anything else so i think it'll be interesting to see yeah it's, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out so oh well wow. that's a good point <laughs> i've interviewed a few gen z and millennials and and those have always been fairly easy conversations except for a few and i and i get it that some personalities are just you know it's just a challenge but you know i'm always like you know i try to make people at ease and uh, really encourage them that 
you know, let's just have a conversation. I don't want to make it so scripted that you're like, if you say something wrong, you're going to be like, oh my God, because in life, that's not how it works either, right? We make flubs all the time. I tell people all the time, everybody's got a verbal tick. Now, if you say, uh, every other word, then we'll take some of those out so that you don't sound like a dullard. But we, you know, for the most part, we will, you know, we'll keep some of that stuff in because that is the natural voice that you have. And so you want to do that and, and not make it artificial. Yeah. And it's funny, things are going the opposite way. The trends too are going to more raw, authentic, not highly produced videos, you know? So it's kind of like, ah, we want them to look spectacular, but at the same time, you know, people want authenticity. Yeah. Super uncomfortable for design professionals. So yeah. I will say. <laughs> yeah. they, they want, cause like, cause all the times, like every time I do uh, an interview, they're like, can you send me a bunch of questions? I'm like, nope, I don't have a million questions. I'm like, you know, the information that we're, can you talk about X, Y, and Z? Yeah, I can. Okay, great. We're going to have an organic conversation. No, because I mean, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, you know, he would, he refused to do pre-done questions. He wanted to have a much more organic discourse. And there's something to be said for that. And what I tell people is that just imagine you're a fly on the wall. That's what you're going to hear, right? With all the good and the bad that comes with that. And yeah, of course, well, you know, you say something that's totally incorrect. We can take that out. That's not that big of a deal. But, you know, just be yourself and be you. And what you'll find is that it's a much more engaging conversation. And all those Agreed. tangents that you end up on that are, those are sometimes the most fun part of a podcast. Well, yeah, is- no, I, trust me. I've had some tangents and I've had people come back to me and say, man, I'm so glad you shared that because that was, so yeah, you never know. But, exactly. Yeah, but, oh, wow. You're such a fantastic You host. are. Thank you so much. I really appreciate <laughs> this. Well, I'm just glad that we connected. I'm glad that you had the desire to reach out to us here at Zwei Group and that I was able to connect with you guys. and. You have shared some amazing people that we've had on the podcast, which just continues to help our platform while it helps your platform, while it helps that individual's platform. So, you know, it's kind of one of the, it's kind of like the circle of life, right? When it comes to sharing platforms and information, there's just a lot of opportunities there. So I'm glad to be able to share this platform with you guys and just talk about what you're doing in this space, because I think it is, it is unique. And I think there is plenty of sand at the beach, as they say, there's, which means that there's all kinds of opportunities to make a difference for a multitude of design firms. And you, you wouldn't be able to do all of it anyway by yourself. I mean, it's just, but the difference that you are making is being felt in this industry. So I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing. And I just want to personally encourage you as somebody that's been around here since the nineties. And I know I feel old when I say that, keep it up. Because this, you know, this industry needs individuals like brand groupies to to kind of turn some things on its side and and try things differently. Because, you know, sometimes the same old, same old is is not that great. And uh, it's always good to to iterate and try new things and be be, you know, be a little adventurous. So thank you. Love that. Thanks, Randy. <laughs> That was an amazing clip. Yeah, We're definitely, yeah, there, definitely there you go. Well, you can have that one. That one is free of charge. So, well, listen, if anybody listening to this wants to connect with you guys, I mean, obviously your website is brandgroupies.com and that's G-R-O-U-P-I-E-S. What other ways would you like people to connect with you? LinkedIn, okay. Brand Groupies, and then our personal LinkedIn pages, Carrie Bellog and Lauren Janest, as well as Instagram, Facebook, and 
And we'll use, we'll put all of that in the show notes. So everybody listening to this, don't wreck your car trying to write that down. We got you covered. I'll make sure that you have all that information. We'll put that all in the show notes when this particular episode comes up. But listen, Lauren and and Carrie, thank you guys so much for joining us on the podcast today. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It It was was fun. Such an honor, really. Absolutely. We'll have to rewind it and do it again and tell yeah. some more stories. That's right. I know that you guys are, are seeing some really interesting things and I'd like to hear more about yeah. that. So, yeah. yeah. So you. very Thanks cool. So much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, folks, that's another episode of the Zwei Glitter podcast. To learn more about one of the oldest newsletters in the design industry, visit zweiggroup.com. You can read articles online, listen to this podcast and sign up for a free subscription to the newsletter and have it delivered right into your email inbox every Monday morning. Sign up today. For more info about Zwei Group's advisory services or any of Zwei Group's publications, visit zweigroup.com. You can subscribe to the Zwei Glitter podcast wherever you listen to it. And please, please, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here real soon with another new episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to the Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.